What is that when you jump around and carry on and do the who dat who dat stuff? The who dat, you know, that's really kind of a, a fan. You know, that's that's our 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 chant. Duncan Holder podcast back at you. Larry Holder, Jeff Duncan here on the Athletics Podcast Network. Of course, how do you listen to the pod? Uh, if you're doing it already, you obviously already know. Uh, theathletic.com slash Duncan Holder. You can get on, uh, subscribe. Uh, it's still not too late. Buy one subscription, get one for free. Last minute gift, perfect. You don't even need to leave uh, your chair or your phone or wherever you listen to this. So you could take advantage of that and give the gift of The Athletic or Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, rate, review, subscribe, do all those good things for the Dunk and Holder podcast. And Jeff, I was sort of panicky last time we spoke after the Saints fell to the Eagles. The Saints lose to the Chiefs as we, as I assumed. Uh, I at least picked a three-point loss in my predictions cheat sheet column it was 27 24 but of course the score uh on sunday was 32 29 and it's funny i feel like i'm kind of on the wrong side of panicky because i I had a lot of interaction with a lot of people and they were more encouraged with the loss and i'm wondering where you are in this boat given that the saints have now lost two in a row they nearly lost in atlanta so we're seeing a downtrend, uh, even though we know this team is still good, but we're seeing a little bit of a downtrend. Jeff, are you in the panic boat yet, or am I just captaining the ship all by myself? <laughs> well, I was impressed that you were three points. You nailed it. I, I thought I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game, and the Saints were going to win. So I was wrong on both fronts. So what do I know? But I'm not panicking, but I, was, I didn't come out of that game, put it this way, any more encouraged than I was before I, I don't know that that game didn't show me anything that made me feel like oh the Saints are you know gonna beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl even though I think they can win I just felt like uh, that game itself falling behind 14 nothing you know Drew Brees starting slow throwing the bad pick and all of a sudden they're down 14 nothing a week earlier they were down 17 nothing uh you know, circumstances, game flow kind of go out the window and things change. And it felt like the Saints were always in catch-up mode in that game. It never felt like they had control of the game, like Sean Payton likes to say. As a play caller, he's probably hasn't changed what he's doing because you're down 14 nothing, And that's not the way to play with this Saints team and that Saints team without a lot of their perimeter weapons. Uh, they were at a decided disadvantage. So when I watched that game again yesterday, Larry, I felt like it was almost like an exhibition game for the Saints. They're gathering intel in case they play this team later on. Uh, they had no chance of winning that game. I mean, I don't care what anybody says, three-point game. If the Saints would – the only chance they had to win was to score on the last play and, and, and steal the win because if they would have given the ball back to Mahomes, there's no doubt in my mind he would have driven down the field and scored a touchdown – they, they were in control of that game, uh, in my opinion, from start to finish, despite the scoreboard. But there's, a, there's still reason for optimism because of some of the things you and I talked about in the press box. They're going to get some of these guys back in the postseason on the perimeter core. Drew should be better, and uh, hopefully they can get a little bit better play 
along the offensive line. I'm starting to fall into your line of thinking, though. The little interior of the offensive line is a little bit of a concern for me. What are you talking about? Uh, three-time Pro Bowler Andres Pete's holding it down. <laughs> yeah. How does Andres Pete make the Pro Bowl? And, okay, and Demario not- Davis doesn't. And Demario Davis doesn't, and Trey Hendrickson doesn't, and Ryan Ramchick doesn't. Ryan Ramchick's only an All-Pro. I mean, look, we could go into Pro Bowl this, that, it's and the joke. other all we want. It's a, it's that's a bad recipe just because you can't even get an alternate to get in this year. It's just going to be because there's no game that's going to be played, so you're not going to get some of these fringe Pro Bowl accolades that you might get that Anders Pete has gotten in the past. By the way, sorry, Anders Pete. Uh, but look, Cam Jordan didn't deserve to make the Pro Bowl. Uh, Trey Hendrickson did. Uh, Cam Jordan, it's it's almost like it's the makeup year for where a year he should have made it and didn't. We started seeing that toward the end of Jari Evans' career. So I'm not going to harp too much on that. But uh, the other Pro Bowlers, uh, again, we're just kind of bouncing off topic here. Uh, Alvin Kamara deserved. Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, for the NFC, I think that's deserved. I mean, he you could consider him a top eight corner in the NFL. I'm okay with that. And uh, why am I blanking on the oh uh, why am I blanking on the other Pro Bowler who was it Teron Armstead Yeah, correct. Yeah, all right. Well, that one makes sense. So uh, he's one of the best pass blockers in the NFL. I've documented that in my cheat sheets throughout the season. But uh, you know that's that's another debate well, what, that we just had. I mean, we're, we we know what's what should be and what shouldn't be at this point. Well, what did you come away from the game? feeling and did you I, I didn't feel like this suddenly this groundswell of optimism I didn't feel like I learned a whole lot I mean the Saints defense did play well uh, I think if you're looking at a Super Bowl rematch the Saints defensive line is legit I don't know what that group was doing against the Eagles they clearly didn't come to play if they'd have played the way they did against the Chiefs against the Eagles they would have won that game. I mean, they dominated the Chiefs up front, but they should have also. Kansas City was playing, I think, without three starting offensive linemen. Uh, they had their way with them. Uh, but that's the strength of this team. I think we all agree. The Saints' defensive line is the best unit on the team, and they really kind of controlled Kansas City up front and gave uh, fits to Mahomes. Uh, but it, Mahomes is unbelievable. I mean, he just made plays on his own. I mean, he he's the best player, Larry, I think I've seen since I've covered the league. I mean, the guy's just unbelievable. And he single-handedly was the difference in the game, in my opinion. And um, But I didn't come away thinking, oh, my gosh, if the Saints play him again, they're definitely going to win because Mahomes is so incredible. I think he can kind of make something out of nothing, even against that, as well as the Saints' defense played. Yeah, I warned of a shootout. The Saints could not afford to get in a shootout right now with them, and that's what it ended up being, and you saw the result. And you look at the way the secondary played, I think they actually played pretty well. I, it doesn't might not look like it with 32 points, but all you got to do is look at Mahomes' numbers and the skill players around him. I mean, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, did they catch a touchdown? Yes, but were they held in check? Yep. Better than a lot of other teams. So in that aspect, I think that is encouraging. Now, you want to see Marcus Williams come back. Uh, from that ankle injury, we'll we'll see uh, when that happens. I mean, they need him for the playoffs, so I think that's that's probably going to be their mindset there. Uh, Trey Hendrickson left with the injury. I'm wondering. We're recording Tuesday morning. They're going to be having an injury report today, so I'm wondering where he is on that report. And then, but my, where I'm looking at is this Saints offense needs a jump start. I mean, it really does. And I'm not pinning it all on Drew Brees. 
early, Drew Brees was shaky. But when I tell you the Saints pass catchers that they had, it was Emmanuel Sanders and the practice squad. I mean, that's what it was. And you desperately need Michael Thomas for the playoffs. You desperately need someone like Deontay Harris to be a threat, Marquez Callaway to be a threat. We're wondering about Traquan Smith after he got banged up in this game. I mean, those are four of the Saints' top five wide receivers. And if you get two of those guys back, you're in much better shape. I mean, if you get Callaway and Traquan Smith, even with if Michael Thomas does play, you get either one, you get two of those guys back, you're in much better shape because I can just see there is a certain lack of confidence in Jared Cook. Uh, that's been brewing and brewing, and we saw it again uh, against the Chiefs. And so this offense and their skill position players, particularly on wide receiver pass catchers, they need to get healthy there. Like, like I said, it could be any of those two guys. I mentioned four. If any of those two guys come back, they could play a bigger role and help Drew Brees because he's rolling into such tight windows uh, that that's why his completion percentage was so low. Uh, if you look at some of the numbers I, I dug up, uh, the, uh, the windows for Drew Brees were so tight, and it was a marked difference from the way Kansas City operates uh, their separation makes life much easier for Patrick Mahomes to where he he's not throwing into these tighter windows. So I think uh, it, it's something that I would not be panicking about Drew Brees. I would worry about the health of the perimeter players for this team. Yeah, if you watch the broadcast, um, you know, we, you and I didn't get a chance to watch the CBS broadcast in the press box. But when I rewatched it, um, I thought they did a great job, Tony Romo, and their production crew of illustrating just how uh, unopened the Saints receivers were. I mean, time and time again, they would show the, the route tree, and there's just no nobody open for Drew Brees to throw to. So, of course, he's checking it down. Uh, and then there's just these small little nuances that Drew talks about all the time, you know, the, the painting the picture for him, guys making the right reads. That stuff takes time and experience. Even Jerry Cook – appears to still be struggling with it. They were on the same page on a couple of pass plays that seemed to frustrate the, the offense. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're a little bit of a work in progress right now, and I think they just need to tread water until the reinforcements come in the playoffs. It, that's what it almost feels like Sean Payton and the brain trust has decided, right? It, we're in the playoffs. We still want to get as high a seed as we can, but the goal is to win the Super Bowl. So let's – Let's have all hands on deck when we start this tournament uh, in January because it just feels like uh, trying to get the number one seed right now is a little bit foolish, especially in a year when it means less than ever. Uh, you know, getting these top seeds, in my opinion, it, it's not that important. I think this Saints team can go to Green Bay and win if they have to, strictly because they're not going to be playing in front of 65,000, 70,000 fans. Yes, it's going to be cold, but it's not going to be the same as going to Lambeau in other years. And I think this team is uniquely built to win a game like that because of their strong defense and their good line play and the way Drew plays now. I mean, it's not about trying to uh, be a dynamic offense. It's mainly game management and making the right decisions. So I, I like that, that philosophy that, that sounds like Peyton and them have, have tried to employ. Well, you look at just some of the, the players that have seen significant action. I mean, you put Patrick Robinson on IR, but he can come off, I think, maybe this week uh, or either next week. But you put Michael Thomas and Deontay Harris on IR. 
uh, th- their three-week run would end once the playoffs start. And if you can get those guys back, sure. I mean, I'm curious to see about Marquez Callaway. I think he would be uh, up to come off IR very soon. It might be this week. Uh, I don't know. I don't just don't remember off the top of my head. So you could be getting some of these guys back. And so I, I feel like that this could get better. Now we're talking postseason because look, they're going to be playing Christmas Day against the Vikings. They have like a sliver of a chance of getting into the playoffs, but they present some problems probably for the Saints. I mean, you look at the way that Adam Thielen and, of course, uh, former LSUer Justin Jefferson, he's playing. I mean, he's uh, on the verge of maybe being the offensive rookie of the year. And Dalvin Cook has been superb all season. He's been well worth the money, as is Alvin Kamara. And so, uh, you know, I know the Saints want to win this game. It's not the end of the world if they don't because, like you said, they're in the playoffs. It doesn't really matter where you are in the playoffs. I mean, if you've got to go on the road to, say, Seattle, it's not as daunting. Uh, I'm just saying, like, if, if, all, if worse comes to worse, Captain Terrell has a great breakdown of the playoff scenarios right now at the Athletic to where the Saints can actually fall to the seventh seed. It is some wild, wacky equation. Uh, that would include them losing their last two games, which I don't think they will even with the pieces that they have. But the Saints can end up basically anywhere other than the fourth seed because that's going to go to the NFC East champion. But, just, Jeff, just think about the environments where they would play, uh, whether it's outdoors, indoors. It, none of these places are going to be overly daunting. I mean, you know, even Seattle, if you played outdoors there, it might be a little cool but uh, the elements I don't think we're worried about the elements per se unless it gets to Green Bay well I think the recipe the kryptonite for this Saints team is kind of what we saw on Sunday Uh, because they're so good on defense the the way to beat them is to have a, a great quarterback a mobile quarterback like Mahomes I mean Mahomes really beat them outside the structure of the game it was almost like sandlot ball right he dropped back his Saints would take away the initial reads, and he'd scramble around, elude those great defensive linemen, and just make something happen. Uh, you know, on the secondary routes, or the breakoff routes. That's really the only way I think anybody's going to beat this Saints team. They're so good on defense right now, and they have such good talent that it's going to come down to a Russell Wilson, or a, that's the guy you don't want to play. I think in the playoffs because of the things we're talking about now. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has that ability as well. Those are the, the teams I think that the Saints have to fear. Everyone else, uh, I don't think there's any reason to fear. I think the Saints are just better than everybody else. And I think they're going to club Minnesota on Christmas Day. I mean, Minnesota is not the same team that came in here last year and beat the Saints. Uh, look, just look at their last few games, Larry. They lost at home to the Bears. They lost to Tampa Bay pretty decisively down in Tampa. Their, their last win was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were going nowhere, in overtime at home. Then they beat the Panthers at home by one point. They got beat by the Cowboys, who were reeling. And then they beat the Bears before that when they were still playing Nick Foles, and we saw how bad they were. So they really haven't beaten anybody good all season long, except for they did go to Green Bay and win one game at Green Bay. Otherwise, I mean, it's... It's pretty ugly. They haven't really played a very difficult schedule. I don't think this team 
Uh, I think they're in transition. I think they indicated that a year ago when they got rid of Stephon Diggs and moved on from Xavier Rhodes and Everson Griffin. They kind of kind of cleared out the cap space and some of the veteran leadership in that locker room, and they're basically in a bridge year. And they've managed to tread water and kind of hang in there, which is kind of what you want to do in a bridge year. Uh, they're clearly their young stars are Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, uh, and and they're going to build around those guys going forward. But I, I think the Saints are going to be salty, having lost two straight and having been eliminated by this same team two of the last three years in the playoffs. And on a high-profile stage like Christmas Day, I think they're going to truck these dudes. I think the major difference here for this game particularly is Everson Griffin is gone and Daniil Hunter is out. Right. And those two guys gave the Saints offensive lines a fit last year. They are gone. And in doing some of the early research on my cheat sheet, uh, their pass rushing situation is a bunch of guys you've never heard of, and they're not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So that bodes extremely well for Drew Brees and the Saints in this game. And so, uh, but yeah, I think that they're going to win this game. I think they will. I think they could win by a couple scores. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really think that they could. Uh, kind of put it to them and then they could really kind of step off the accelerator because they win the division and then they're able to move forward uh, and just kind of probably chill out on week 17. I mean, we might see Taysom Hill play quarterback for all I know, but I'm sure Drew Brees actually wants to kind of get back into the swing of things. But uh, let me bounce back here, though. You mentioned the quarterbacks that they could be facing. Uh, You say a guy like Patrick Mahomes, that could give you trouble. A guy like Aaron Rodgers, he could give you trouble. A guy like Russell Wilson, he can give you trouble. A guy like Kyler Murray, Arizona, he could give you trouble. That's where my real worry is outside of internally with the Saints. Externally, I wonder if the Saints can compete with a mobile, effective quarterback I don't worry about them competing against Tom Brady Uh, I would worry or I wouldn't worry about them competing against Ben Roethlisberger I'd worry about those guys I just mentioned I'd worry about Josh Allen and if they happen to face the Bills in the Super Bowl like these quarterbacks who can improvise make things happen there are a lot more out there than uh, maybe the Saints have really faced this year and let's be honest their losses came against Aaron Rodgers uh, Jalen Hurts, who is a mobile quarterback who can make things happen on the fly, and Patrick Mahomes, and those are three of their four losses. And that, to me, is a concern given the playoff field is full of those guys. Well, yeah, that's a great point, and I think they've got to have a better plan for those type of quarterbacks uh, going forward. They certainly didn't have a, a great plan against Philadelphia. And, and let's face it, Jalen Hurts, the way he performed last week, He's going to be the guy. There's a lot of reason for optimism in Philadelphia. Very impressive. So what he did against the Saints really wasn't a fluke. And uh, I think you bring in Quan Alexander for a reason. You have an athletic guy on the second level. Maybe he becomes your spy on those kind of guys. He's certainly athletic enough to keep up with those guys. They used him a little bit in that role against the Eagles. Uh, I don't know how effective it was, but I think that Eagles game was a wake-up call in some ways, but also an outlier as well. And we saw the Saints defense, I think, perform a lot better this past week. 
they did a great job on the CBS production of illustrating what the Saints have done since that bye week. I, I wrote a story about this a few weeks ago, the tweaks that Dennis Allen has made on defense. They're playing basically almost full-time in a two-safety deep look, a lot of man coverage underneath called two-man coverage, giving Marcus Williams some help back deep and basically just daring teams to move the ball down the field in bites. They're not giving up big plays. The, the biggest play they gave up to the Chiefs, Larry, was 24 yards. I mean, that's great defense against the most explosive offense in the league. Uh, they made them work for the most part for their yardage and uh, you know made them kind of matriculate the ball down the field, as Hank Strant would say. So I think they figured out the formula on defense. They're, they're able to pressure with four. Sometimes they bring DeMario as a fifth rusher, but for the most part, they're rushing four, and they're able to get home even with their backups. Uh, so the defense is not a concern at all. Yes, they need Hendrickson and Marcus Williams healthy, but I think that side of the ball is the strength right now. They've got to figure out, like you said, the offense, and how can they you know, get in a game in the elite, against the elite teams in the league and score enough points to win. I, I We say this, and they still scored a 29 last week while missing a two-point conversion and doing some other silly stuff uh, in a game that felt like they only really played a half. So, uh, you know, sometimes I, I, I forget just how good they can be on offense when they're clicking on all cylinders. When you look at the offensive pieces that they have and – Let's assume they have Michael Thomas. And how quickly do you think Drew can be, get back into sync with him, given they've played two and a half games this year? And even, you know, just their rapport. I mean, obviously they've worked together for so many years. But still, I mean, can you think they could flip a switch like that and all of a sudden turn it on in the playoffs and, and, and really do it? Because... Uh, you know, while they when they've been together, it's not like Drew Brees has targeted Mike Thomas as much as he did last year. I mean, you know, he was going kind of all over the map uh, more when he was in there, and yet when Taysom was in there, Michael Thomas was his main guy. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I, I have no concerns with that combination at all. My concern is just can they get Callaway or? Deontay Harris, just some juice. You know, they need some juice in the offense. Even Mike Thomas coming back, he he brings one element, that that competitive catch element, the third down guy, the go-to guy. Uh, there was a play in the game the other day, I wrote about it in my film review, where Drew threw down the sideline to Jawan Johnson. And, you know, God bless the kid. He's a rookie free agent. He's in a huge game like that. But the ball was a little underthrown. But it was it was a 30, 40 yard gain that was there to be had. And he just he's waiting on the ball to come to him, you know. And you, how many times have we seen Mike Thomas? He goes up and gets that ball. It was an easy 30 or 40 yard catch. Those are little and then the ball gets knocked away out of his hands as he's trying to haul it in. And it looks like, oh, you know, Drew didn't get it there. When actually a really good receiver, DeAndre Hopkins or somebody, goes up and makes that catch easy. Those are the little nuanced things that they're missing right now in the offense that Mike Thomas brings, uh, that catch radius. But they need some juice. They need somebody to get open. I mean, you watch the Chiefs play, Larry, and it's just they're like roadrunners everywhere. And it was amazing that the Saints hung in there with that group as well as they did. I'm not sure they can play them much better another time because the Chiefs are just so explosive. I'm not sure you can count on limiting them to zero plays over 24 yards. 
So they've got to find that element of their offense. And I don't, I don't know if it's there, but, but I think Deontay Harris and Kelly at least have the potential to be an explosive playmaker and get the ball to these guys in space and let them run a little bit after the catch. I don't feel like we're, we see any run after catch ability with anybody except for maybe a little uh, Emmanuel Sanders. I'm surprised you haven't brought up putting Taysom Hill in more, bringing some juice, a different element. I'm sure that Jameis Winston landing on the COVID-19 list probably limited what Taysom was going to be able to do on Sunday even more than if Winston was there because he was going to be limited anyway because he was going back to his normal role. But no Winston means you have no other option at quarterback. And Sean Payton admitted that after the game. Jeff, if I'm not sure when Winston can get off the list. It might not be this week, but it's a question we've talked about and haven't had a good answer. But when we get to a point where Winston is back, how much do you think we see Taysom at quarterback? I mean, or do you think he's hold, Sean Payton might be holding on to some of that, uh, maybe waiting for the playoffs uh, just as an uh, unexpected element? Because as we know now, uh, look, Taysom is certainly capable of throwing the football. Uh, you know, he might not win 15 games, but he's certainly capable of getting in there and making throws down the field. I mean, we, we've seen it enough in, in his four starts. Yeah, you know, I think that was clearly uh... – an issue against the chiefs because of the unique circumstances they had to reduce his package, you know, his offensive package. And you could see he was the, the, in the goal line package when he came in and scored, uh, they used him in that role, but I, I think they didn't, they dialed back his the rest of his work, uh, otherwise. So that's, that's a point. That's a really good point of he can become that shot guy, you know, that big play guy. I think of that play against the Eagles where he got hit from behind and fumbled by Montez sweat uh, they were trying to go downfield to Emmanuel Sanders, and he was getting ready to break open for a big play. That's the kind of element that he brings to the offense. They did it against the Vikings in the playoffs last year to Deontay Harris. I think that's going to be Taysom Hill's kind of uh, juice element that he adds to the offense. Obviously, he's a dynamic runner as well, uh, but they need something in the passing game to stretch defenses out. The Chiefs, in this game at least, Larry, I mean, we were up in the press box in that – you know, rafters that we are. I've never seen a team play as tight to the line of scrimmage as the Chiefs were. I mean, Tyrion Matthew was back about 11 yards deep most of the game. I've never seen someone disrespect the deep ball more than the Chiefs did. And the Saints really didn't do much other than the one long pass to Emmanuel Sanders to take advantage of it. Uh, they've got to get that element back or opponents are going to continue to do that to them. I don't even need, think you need Taysom Hill to say, all right, let's let's throw the deep ball. I mean, he could throw the intermediate ball. I mean, right. I, we've seen him do that a lot with Michael Thomas on those intermediate crossing routes and put it right on him. So I think that is something that Sean Payton is probably keeping in his back pocket. I don't think we're going to see a lot of that the rest of the regular season. Then come playoff time, you could put Taysom Hill in there at times. It doesn't have to be a design run. It could be just – a few straight up drop back and throws and, and he can read the field and see, you know, make plays that he was making uh, in, in some of his starts. So I think that's an element that they're going to hide at this point, even though it's out there. Uh, I think, I don't think you start seeing that into the playoffs. And, but that, that is something that juice element where if you get Mike Thomas back and maybe some of the explosive players aren't still in there, that's at least that's juice to me. That's something that that's different that, 
teams, they're going to wonder when Taysom gets gets in there. It's not going to be like, all right, just assume a run. Like It can be different, and I think that's a huge advantage for the Saints. Yeah, I, I think all these things we're talking about should give reason for optimism because it's all, it's all there, right? It's all going to happen eventually. They're going to get Mike Thomas, Deontay Harris, and Callaway, and, and then Jameis Winston's going to come back so they can expand the role of Taysom Hill. So there's lots of reasons to believe this team's going to be much better offensively going forward. I think, you know, after watching it again, I thought Drew actually played okay. You know, he was shaky early on, there's no doubt. Uh, I don't know what was going on early on. He's just the normal rust or what. Uh, but he didn't look physically handicapped to me. That that was the thing I, I liked the most is so, some of his early throws were a little ducky, if you will. But uh, later on, I mean, he was he was putting some nice uh, juice behind his passes through that nice deep ball to Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, so he his arm looked okay. It, it looked it didn't look lively, but it looked uh, where it's going to be good enough. It looked enough like Drew Brees we've seen the last few years. And you mentioned another good point where they were daring them to throw the deep ball. That also, uh, in far, as far as the Chiefs, that also limited what Alvin Kamara could do in the passing game. I mean, he admitted that they were doing some things a little bit differently. He didn't go into major detail when I asked him about it after the game. But, uh, look, they were putting corners on him. Like, they were trying to eliminate him because it's like, all right, we don't trust Drew Brees can throw the ball deep downfield. And so we'll dare him to do it. And at the same time, we will play Alvin Kamara because we know he's going to want to go to him. And, I mean, one of his touchdowns, uh, Latavius Murray, was his fifth read. I mean, we could kind of tell it was way down the chart the, uh, when that play was going on, but he admitted it was his fifth read, and you could tell it was his fifth read. And it just happened to turn out to be a touchdown, a great play by Latavius Murray to, uh, to get in the end zone. But, uh, but, yeah, I think even though the offense looked limited, I do feel like there is reason for optimism. So, it, it, Jeff, it feels like, as we've just talked this thing out, maybe I'm less panicky. <laughs> I love it. Maybe. I still worry about opposing quarterbacks, playoff time, the elements that I talk about. But maybe I'm a little less jumpy. Look, look, I'm, I'm, I'm watching you through Zoom. As, this is how we do our calls. You know, you've got all these books in the background. Maybe you've just become my therapist. That's a scary well, that's thought. That's a very scary thought. I'm, I need more money <laughs> if I'm your therapist right now. I need, a I need lot a higher, more money. Higher rate. No, look, I think you actually have hit on some really good points in that this team has some weaknesses, but we are so hyper-focused, so myopic on the Saints that we look at, you know, Andres Pete or Nick Easton or maybe uh, the scrambling ability of Jalen Hurts. And, uh, you know, this team is so complete, we find these flaws. It's like staring at Cindy Crawford and focusing on on her beauty mark, you know, instead of the rest of the the picture and and other teams have i think way more flaws than the saints maybe the chiefs are the only team i think that that uh, you could say uh, is as complete as the saints so yes they do have some issues but uh, when you start looking around the league just how healthy the saints are i know that they've got some guys that they're that they've got an injury reserve right now but they're too deep roster larry there's a real chance when they start the playoffs they're going to have their entire two deep roster intact. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the NFL. I can't imagine you have all of your players from the start of the season, all your key players in your two deep. Uh, it just doesn't happen. So um, th- th- relatively speaking, they're in very good shape going forward. And I think Sean Payton knows that. And I think he knows this is the last dance for uh, Drew Brees. This team's going to go under some major changes 
this offseason roster-wise just because of the cap, because of the quarterback situation, and they're basically going all in on the Super Bowl, Super Bowl or bust, as, as Teron Armstead said earlier this year, and that's how he's managing these last few weeks. And it's funny, we do harp on Andres Pete and, and the interior offensive line. Uh, whenever I, I'm glad I do the cheat sheet because I get to look at the numbers throughout the league, and the numbers are way worse for a lot of players. Like, so, you know, we right. harp on Andres Pete. We just expect Andres Pete, given the contract and uh, his, his, all this stuff, to basically be Jari Evans. Like, you, that's what you're paying him to be, and he's just not. I mean, he's not bad. He could start for basically probably any team in the league, I'd be honest. He, he's just – we expect him to be superstar great, and he's just not. So – that's, like you said, we're cherry-picking. Like, the Chiefs' offensive line, they're banged up. Uh, I mean, they're, they've had some holes, there's no doubt. I read it in my cheat sheet, but yet they still figure it out. So, like, that's you yep. know, that's a good, really good point that people uh, actually need to understand. Even though I like to say whenever Andres P. misses a block or gets a penalty, you know, my uh, on Twitter, <laughs> drink. So, why not? Hey, I'm just let, trying to let you guys have fun during the game. So, <laughs> all right, Jeff, well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Duncan Holder podcast. Of course, check us out, theathletic.com slash Duncan Holder. Uh, again, last-second gift, buy a subscription. You get one free, so you can gift it to someone else. And, uh, of course, other places you can get the pod, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, so that's going to wrap up this edition. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We will join you guys next week after the Vikings game and leading up to week 17 with the Panthers. So for Jeff Duncan, I'm Larry Holder. Thanks for joining us here on the Duncan Holder podcast on the Athletics Podcast Network. <laughs>